Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm delighted to welcome back Rolla Dagger, who's our Global Channel Chief at Dell Technologies. Hello, Rolla. Hey, Cheryl. It's so good to be back. Well, we love having you, and we certainly appreciate you taking the time and taking the energy to talk to us. I know our partners are always excited and interested to hear from you. And we had an opportunity when we were last together to talk about the business and the business imperatives and results, the impact we make, how as a brand, Dell is very committed to the purpose. And I know you personally are incredibly passionate and authentically really actively involved in helping ensure that where possible, we're living our values and finding opportunities and ways with which we can engage our partner community to help us. And you have an unbelievably remarkable story. And if you'd be willing, I think our partners would really, really love getting to know you a little better. And it would be a little personal insight into why your passions are as deep as they are around this topic. So for our listeners, share a little bit about your story and let us get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. And thank you. The one thing I think a lot of people know about me is what you see is what you get. So uh, I'm kind of like an open book. Let me start by uh, saying I always introduce myself as a proud Lebanese and a grateful Canadian. I was born and raised in Lebanon, and I come from a very small village with probably about 100 people. And I was born into a family of six girls. And back in the culture of the Lebanese culture, having six girls was looked at as poor, poor parents. What are they going to do with their girls? They're going to amount to nothing. That was the old culture. And sure enough, if you meet my dad, he's the proudest father that you'll ever meet for having six girls. So I have to say, lived most of my life in Lebanon in a bomb shelter. So I've seen more bombs and bullets than I've seen parks in my entire life. When I was a teenager, I was given away at marriage at 15 years old. I was married for 20 years and never again. I have the best gift in life, which is Michael and Stephanie. My daughter is 32. My son is 27. I escaped Lebanon in a trunk of a car with my nine-month-old daughter at the time during the war because my parents had to leave to Canada and I stayed behind. That was the worst day of my life, not being able to leave with my uh, family. But despite all the challenges that I faced in my life, all my struggles have never defined me, have shaped me to be who I am today. I am proud to tell you that Canada has offered me an opportunity to go from an immigrant that didn't speak a word of English, that fought so hard the system to be where I am today, I'm proud to tell you that I have been so many women in my life. I have been the daughter. I have been the sister, the mother. I have been the leader. But what I most value more than anything today is the survivor and the fighter that I have been, especially the last few years of my life, 
fighting cancer, fighting lymphedema, and most recently still fighting long COVID. But I could tell you the proudest moment of my life and the most accomplished moment every time I look at my two kids and see what I raised and who they become, that is the best accomplishment that I could ever achieve. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Very powerful. And like any mother, we're always so proud of our children. And I always say that's my favorite job in life. We all have many jobs and wear many yeah. hats, but you certainly are an optimist. There's no way you could describe it any other way. And you've had to overcome obstacles and adversity and certainly challenges. Talk about how you get energized for that, what advice you might give on overcoming adversity. And it's certainly at a different level than what we've been talking about around fair representation of women in high tech. But talk a little bit about how you approach it. So I have to say when certain people go through challenges in life and difficulties and adversity, they might go through PTSD. But I have to tell you that what I suffer from is PTSG because uh, that is post-traumatic growth for me because I take every struggle and I turn it into a growth in my life because every struggle that we have is the power of us moving forward. So I experienced adversity in my life personally and professionally, but the one thing that stays with me all the time is my father's word when he says to me, Rola, life owes you nothing. Life is an opportunity for you to make the best of it. And I decided that with everything I struggled with, that I want to make sure that I'm making the best out of my life. I made a commitment to learn and keep learning, which is the number one piece of advice that I always give people is learning should be the fuel of your success. But at the same time, you have to know how to learn to unlearn because certain things in our life that we've done in the last few years, it could probably work, but not moving forward. So you have to move into the growth mindset versus just the know it all versus learn it all. I lean on my family. I lean on my mentors. I sit back and I take the approaches it doesn't matter how difficult it is, just go out there because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take in life. So just take every shot. Just be humble. I think the most important part of just continuing to be successful is never lose who you are because titles don't matter. You can chase everything you want in life. I could tell you being sick the last 12 months have taught me no matter how big your title is and how much money you have at the end of the day, it's all about your health, but also how you treat people and the impact you make on people that you continue to be humble. Because also I learned very quickly that I failed a few times in my life. I took those failing as learning opportunities. So failing is learning, but is an option, but giving up should never, ever, ever be an option in your life because that is what I thought for me is like, okay, I failed, get up, dust your knees and go out there and continue to fight. And then the other thing is believe. I think one of the things that helped me is believe in myself, believe in my ability to 
provide the value I do and then be yourself. I mean, people that pretend to be someone else that is not authentic. So be yourself because everyone else out there is taken. I'll tell you, you're echoing some of my words. I'm a huge believer in being authentic, right? It takes too much energy otherwise, (laughs) and we're not good at it anyway, right? I'd rather be myself. I once heard, which resonated with me and certainly all that you've been going through with this crazy COVID recently is your health is your wealth. And at the end of the day, that really resonated with me. We all could have titles, roles, whatever, but we all need good health. And so we're wishing you certainly nothing but the best. And I know all of us, I've been describing kind of these last 18 months of all of us working remote and this new dynamic that we all find ourselves in as being the great equalizer because it has each of us in the exact same circumstances at the exact same time in spite of maybe various countries coming and going with where they are on cases, but that it's revealed a very humanitarian side of each of us, I think. You know, whether you talk about we used to get a little annoyed or tense if we heard a baby cry or a dog bark on a conference call, now we want to meet the baby and we want to see the dog and we want to know the family's name. And I just think that humanitarian element was so needed for each of us. And I think we're all going to hopefully hang on to that as we come out of this. But when you reflect on the last 18 months and you think about your leadership style, has anything changed? Have you shifted? Is there anything you've adjusted or adapted as we've all navigated this new circumstances of the last 18 months? I have to say my entire leadership career, I described it as a servant leader. So I knew even before COVID, I continued to focus on how do I improve? I call it as a servant leader of Rolla 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 is like that continuous software upgrade that you have on your phone. We as leaders has to continue to evolve. And then the pandemic hit us so hard that I practice servant leadership every day, but I knew you had to bring it up many notches when the pandemic hit, because as far as we were all apart, you had to find ways of being there for each other. And anytime some of your team members are struggling, I had to say that I had to find new ways of learning in helping my team members. I started by saying it's okay not to be okay. I'm a huge mental health advocate where I started a program in Canada in the corporate place before mental health was even brought up to the boardrooms and organization. And I thought people could look at me like, what is she talking about? Why is she talking about mental health? Because it is so important that mental health is health and people could talk about physical disability. If someone is having a heart attack in front of you and they're convulsing, you just dial 911 and you try to help them. But if someone says to you, I am mentally having a huge issue and I'm thinking of suicide, I have suicidal thoughts. You're like, we freeze, we pause. We don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. 
So you kind of had to adapt to the new approach of listening to understand versus listening to speak or listening to judge because listening to understand is the biggest advantage any leader could have when they just sit there and be visible, be empathetic and help their team members feel like they've been heard. Over the last year, the approach that we've seen uh, during those tough times, we need to continue to focus on ensuring we're there. So when I started at Dell, I started listening committees where I would have multiple people in the organization from multiple groups that basically just sharing their thoughts. Pick a topic, any topic, could be mental health, could be work-life balance, could be anything. And it helped by creating awareness around what we can do for each other and with each other. So for me, that leadership style is absolutely needed today more than ever, because it's not like the old days of just, hey, you know, I'm your boss, just tell me what you've done lately and how much you've produced in terms of numbers and results. It's how do I ensure you've got the secure safety net environment that everybody needs in terms of focusing on the culture and the people first before anything else? Well, it's fostering and creating the environment of being willing to listen, right? And sharing with others that they're not alone. I think one of the things that's really powerful is the fact that others are struggling too and there are resources and comfort in knowing that they're not alone. So one of the other areas that I know you're very active in, and certainly as both of us as women, female leaders, trying to help support and advocate for other women in leadership opportunities and leadership roles. When I talk to women, I always tell them, similar to you, please be authentic. That's how you're absolutely going to be performing at your best. But also don't be afraid to take challenges, take risks. They all turn into opportunities. And I'm a curious learner. You talk about always being learning. So taking new opportunities and new challenges is the way we can grow and can learn. How do you approach it? What are a few tips of advice that you give to women? So I would say uh, 25 to 30 years of my career, the one thing that I learned is show up, stand up, and speak up. Believe when you show up, stand up, and speak up, people will hear you. Always go out there and earn everything that you have because I live by the three things that guided me and they're the principle of my success is learn it, earn it, and return it. I learned everything that I know today and I continue to learn because I do not think I know it all. I earned it because I worked so hard to earn everything that I have, because like I said, coming to a country didn't speak a word of English, did not know the culture, the environment, got bullied multiple times. I worked for 
somebody that said to me, you're only successful because of your good looks. And I showed them what good looks in a full package with a full brain can show because I earned it. And then the most important thing when I talk about learn it and earn it is return it because shame on us as women or people or leaders, if we get to the top, we don't actually reach down and help other women and help other people, period, get them to the top because great leaders are not about how many people that follow them and your Twitter and your social media. It's about how many people you develop and how many people you send the elevator down and get them up on that elevator because I always say that there is a place in heaven for every person and every woman that helps another woman. So that is to me is extremely important. And the one thing that I would say also that is needed is that diversity that everybody talks about and it's diversity of thought, diversity in the boardroom, diversity in every room. Don't hire people and don't go look for people that look like you and do things like you and speak like you. Go hire people that have the same values of you that basically are hungry and are determined like you, but go get them from a different part of the world because it doesn't matter where you live today because work is not a place that you need to go to anymore. Work is a thing that we do and bring that diversity that thought leadership, that thoughtful thinking in people that challenge you from different part of the world. So that is for me, the advice that I would give every woman. And at the end of the day, also be kind to yourself because we as women, especially now, Cheryl, and you're seeing it, are seeing it. It is so sad to see how many women after the pandemic are exiting the workplace Mm -hmm. because we're burnt out because you can't be the teacher. You can't be the wife. You can't be the partner. You can't be the cook. You can't be the jack of all trades. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to pause and say, I need a mental break or I need a physical break because when you get back to it, it's all going to be there. So be kind to yourself. That is so important in order for us to put our oxygen mask on first before everybody else. Yeah, I always say we can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, so trying to do it all is just a bit much for sure. I know that you're personally very active and passionate about a couple causes that bring home a lot of what you've been describing. Share a little bit about a couple of your passion projects. This is so close to my heart because when I talked about learn it, earn it, and return it, when I was in a position, my kids are older and I have more time to give it back to the community because my father has taught me every dollar you give, you get 10 times fold and every impact you make. God gives you so many more in your life. Hence the reason why I'm still standing because when the doctors said to me, you should be dead by now because how bad the virus has impacted me. And I said, 
you know, the virus has messed with the wrong person because my faith, my, uh, the impact I've had in my life and everybody that was rooting and praying for me. So I sit on five different boards and all the boards that I'm on, be it mental health, give back to the community on poverty, on 30% club, talk about the diversity, representation of women. And most importantly for me is the last one that I did, which is I was a co-founder of the Black North, which is all around systemic racism for the Black community in Canada. I was the co-founder to that. The mental health, I sit on the board of the mental health institution to provide better access to all the people, and especially the teenagers right now, Cheryl, and I know that you have two boys, and as we continue to see our kids struggling with the pressure of the social media around mental health, so I sit on the board of Kids Help Phone, which is all around mental health, provided services through technology that I consult on for mental health, and around Overall is the homelessness, and it's amazing to know how many homeless teenagers we have on the streets. So I have to tell you, one of the biggest thing I did the last couple of years is I slept on the streets in Toronto in January, minus 20, and raised $150,000 personally to experience what these homeless teenagers struggle with every day and every minute of that sleeping on the street I kept looking at my watch thinking is it eight o'clock yet is it eight o'clock and imagine those kids have to do that every day so that's what I do every day I mentor um, I have about 20 women that I mentor on a quarterly basis And my favorite part is when I see those women advance and taking those best practices and advice that I give and they go out there because I open the door for them and they kick it wide open and the skies are limits. So those are some of the things that I do in my spare time. Well, you are just an inspiration. So thank you for one, just sharing so that everybody can understand the level and the degree to which you're putting your beliefs in action. And we're wishing you nothing but the best on kicking the butt of this COVID and this long haul symptoms that I know that you're still struggling with. But thank you for your friendship, your leadership, your passion, and your commitment. And I want to give a shout out for our listeners and our partners. It takes all of us It's not just a few of us. It takes all of us to really make an impact and make a difference. And I encourage you to engage in our Women's Partner Network. It's a community that we form to enable just best practices and networking and how to find resources and how to share best ideas and certainly just network and our partners can help because many of our partners are actually doing phenomenally great community give back as well. And they're all actively. So I think it helps us rise all tides when we work together. So Rola, again, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for being here and look forward to working with you here in the next second half. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm extremely grateful to be with you and 
Thank you for the amazing work you and your team continue to do to make that impact on our partners every single day. Rola, thank you again so much for speaking with us and being so open and sharing your personal story. And I hope that our partners have enjoyed getting to know Rola a little better and learning about her leadership philosophy. And Rola and I are both really strong advocates for women in technology. And I wanted to take this opportunity to invite you, our partners, to join our Dell Technologies Women's Partner Network. It's a global community that empowers women in our partner ecosystem to connect with one another, grow professionally, and engage in community initiatives. All our partners are welcome to join in the Women's Partner Network and partake in our events. So please register on our partner portal today for more details. And please tune back in and join us for our next partner connection. Until then, I hope everyone stays safe and be well. 